And the big question should be, why? Why would God expose His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to something like that? Why not just do away with everything and start over? And the answer is so simple that it is incredibly hard to understand. Because God chose to love us. God chose out of His own free will to love us sinful and insignificant beings. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice. We read in the Old Testament that God gave animal sacrifices as a means to deal with sin temporarily, yet foretelling of future things. It was never God's intention for those sacrifices to be the permanent solution to sin. He knew that to deal with sin, something divine and eternal needed to be done, a problem that only a being like Him, God, could solve. And that perfect and eternal sacrifice was Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Today's message is inspired on Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 to 18. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Holy God, hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed are you, O Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Heavenly Father, I pray humbly that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may always remember us in your mercy, O Lord. I give you thanks, O God, for your Son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks for what you did through Him. Thank you, O Lord, for that gift, for that sacrifice. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you may guide us, that you may help us to understand. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's passage can be found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 1 to 18. This is the word of the Lord. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshippers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he was perfected forever, those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, 
For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. One of the things that we need to understand to be able to see what this passage means is that the animal sacrifices from before only atone for sin. Before Jesus Christ, these animal sacrifices were given as a temporary means to atone for sin, not to take away sin. It was impossible for sin to have been taken away. That's why no one had access to heaven before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Hebrew word for atonement is kafar, which means to cover over. And so atonement meant only the covering of sins, but not the removal or washing of sins. Those sacrifices of old were announcements or a shadow of what would come in the future. What was coming in the future? The innocent, the sinless one who would pay for the guilty. The Messiah would come to deal with the sin of the world for all eternity. The only one that could ever wash away the eternal penalty of our sins had to be an eternal being. You see, the animal sacrifices were done with transient or physical lives. They could only do so much. A much more powerful sacrifice had to be made for the sins of men. It would take God himself to deal with our sins, to be made somehow into an eternal sacrifice where both the temporary body and eternal condition could be dealt with. That is why Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice, the only sacrifice that could make our redemption possible. God had to die for all mankind so that sin could have no more power over our lives, over our very souls. Isaiah chapter 53 talks about this Messiah that would come to deal with our sins, where it says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, yet he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors 
and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. About 700 years before his coming, it was prophesied that the Messiah would come to be this amazing sacrifice for the entire world, for those that had lived in the past, during that same present, and for all those that would come after you and I. And so Jesus would take our place and deal with sin once and for all. And the big question should be, why? Why would God expose his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to something like that? Why not just do away with everything and start over? And the answer is so simple that it is incredibly hard to understand because God chose to love us. God chose out of his own free will to love us sinful and insignificant beings. Such a great and awesome and mighty God chose to love mankind despite all of our evil and wrongdoing, even though we were his enemies. God the Son died for his enemies so that he could rescue and redeem his enemies. That is why his love and mercy is truly great beyond measure. For it is written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And it is also written, Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were his enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. This passage deals with one of the fallacies that has misguided so many over the years. We are not born children of God. When a person is dead in their sins without Christ in their lives, they are not children of God. They belong to the devil. That's the truth. A person is God's enemy under the very power of Satan when they have not dealt with their sins through Jesus Christ. That's why it's so imperative to receive Christ, not just as the Savior, but as the effective and literal Lord of your life. A person needs to leave sin behind, to leave the devil behind, so that they can belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, so they can, in fact, become a child of God. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So then, God gives us all this unmerited grace, even the opportunity to be his children, even when we were his enemies out of the goodness of his heart, without any kind of obligation. So what should be our response to such love, grace, and mercy? First John chapter 4 says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. There's only one answer that should make sense to us, and that is that we should return this great love. We should love him back. There is no greater injustice to God than not to return his divine and profound love. And on top of that, God, through his love and grace and mercy, he looks to return us to our original purpose, to the reason for our existence. We always need to remember that we were made by God and God made us with a purpose in mind. We were not accidents. We were not a result of some misguided cosmic incident. We are God's creation. And as God's creation, there was a reason for why we were made. Despite our fallen nature inherited through original sin, God looked to restore our intended purpose through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
This answers the eternal question, why do I exist? Ephesians chapter two says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Jesus Christ was crucified and was raised from the dead so we could be restored to the purpose we were created and made for so that we could produce good works through the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the reason for the ultimate sacrifice made through the cross. That was God's goal. The only way the creation can ever be made whole is through the Creator, by coming back to the very reason and purpose of our existence. And that reason and purpose can only be found through the cross of Jesus Christ. Since we were made by God, for God, to do those things He had prepared for us beforehand, then that's the only way we could ever be complete. That is what God looked to do through His sacrifice, to make every individual person complete again and for all eternity. If you want for your life to change, to take shape, to gain an eternal purpose, something that has a beginning with no end, then I would have to say that your only option is the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you will always be incomplete, empty, void, living aimlessly for things that come and go and with a definite end on a direct course to hell and eternal damnation. Acknowledge what God has done for you and cling on to the ultimate sacrifice that changes all of the destiny of man from eternal death to eternal life. For your own good, make the Lord Jesus Christ the reason for why you live so you can in fact live forever. Look to return his great love for you. No one has ever loved you nor will ever love you like only God can. If you ever doubt God's love, just look to the cross of Jesus Christ, the place where he willingly changed everything for you to give you the opportunity you never deserved nor can ever earn on your own. This is the one fact that escapes many people, even those that profess to believe in God, and that is that there can be no eternal life, no eternal purpose, without allowing Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. To be able to get to that eternal life that only God can give, there's only one path, one way, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the answer. He wasn't being aloof or mysterious when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ is in fact our only way available that makes getting to the Father to eternal life possible. This is the practical reason for why we cannot live our lives our way. We don't know the way to salvation. We don't have the ability within ourselves to get to the Father where eternal life and immortality reside. Being a good person doesn't do it. Doing nice things will never get us there. And of course, nothing in this world outside of Him can ever help us get to there. If we choose to live for temporary worldly things, then that is all the reward we will have. There is nothing in this world that can give you immortality. Money can't give this to you. No human power has any kind of influence in the coming judgment. Our human relationships will only get us so far. There is no career that can give us access to eternal life. And if supposedly good things can't do anything for us so we can have eternal life, what can be said for those things that are sin? Can stealing, drinking, doing drugs, having sexual adventures, sexual deviancy, killing people, and so on ever help us get to the Father? Absolutely not. 
those things only drive us even farther away from him. This is what God's word says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. And so again, the Lord is not trying to be mysterious or mystical here. He is just telling the truth of how things are. If you live for yourself and for your own selfish desires, you will only go away that much more from God and eternal life. And nothing in this temporary world does anything to help you save your soul. The purpose of God's sacrifice through the cross of Jesus Christ is to give you that opportunity that only He can. He is our only way out. He is the only one that can lead us to eternal life. There is only one person that can give us what we so desperately need. This is the reason for why Jesus Christ needs to be our effective and literal Lord, and we must do as He leads us to do through the indwelling of His Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit can only live within us when we repent and convert, when we turn away from all of our sins and make the decision with all of our heart, not just part of it, not looking to just fix certain problems, but effectively surrender our life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This is the only way we can even start because it's a beginning, a new life. When we get on this new path, when we start this new life in Christ, we need to live out that new and eternal path. That's when good works become essential because then is when we start fulfilling the purpose, the reason for our existence after we have received Christ and not before. And so the best thing I can tell you is to cling on to the cross of Jesus Christ. Lay hold to that sacrifice Turn from all your sins and make Jesus Christ your Lord today. Today is the day of salvation. Today your life can be turned around. Everything could change for you today. Don't leave for tomorrow what needs to happen today, right now. Surrender your life to Christ so that you can start living eternity today. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessed are you, O Lord. Thank you for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you did through him. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have such good intentions for us. You loved us so much, Lord God, that even though we were your enemies, dead in our sins, you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because you are truly good in every kind of way. Heavenly Father, help us to see that goodness Help us to treasure it, Lord God. Help us to cling on to that sacrifice to make it our own. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we need to live for you. We need to live for the Lord so that we can, in fact, have that eternal life that you so graciously give through your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that he is truly the only way, the only truth, and the only life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. 
Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.